ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another uh, episode of the Giro podcast. I hope wherever you are listening, you're well and you are safe. Um, today, I'm really excited about today's episode. I'm not going to lie. We're going to sort of hopefully be taking you behind the scenes of the Pro Peloton. And I am joined by two really, really nice young men, Owen Blandy and Will Gerling. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey, Jordan. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Uh, right, there's a bit of background, a bit of context for uh, for our listeners out there. Um, so you guys work for EF Pro Cycling Easy Post, as it's now it called. name changes every year. Yeah, every, <laughs> yeah. It seems to change every year. The tag a sponsor on the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Owen, you and I have known each other for, I mean, you know, gosh. Over five years, I yeah, think, yeah. at least. Well, I was just thinking about it. Like, when, when was it that, because you... Our background is that you approached us, I think in either 2014 or 2015. 15 it was, yeah. It was Red Hook number one, that was it. That's it. And you said, look, I'm looking for some kit, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And you were like, I'm, I'm essentially, in, in short, you, you contacted us out of the blue saying, yeah. I'm a bloody strong cyclist. <laughs> uh, do you mind if I wear your kit? Yeah. And it was like, yeah, sweet. And yeah. then that's when uh, East London Fixed yep. sort of tapped you up. But you rode out in our kit for Ride 100 and came yeah. past here. Yeah, and yeah. we hadn't even met you. Yeah, but, I remember that, yeah. And we were outside <laughs> waiting for you to come through and someone said, like, what does it look like? I was like, shit, I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> so sure enough. Uh, yeah, I remember I... I was in the front pack and I came on the you opposite side of the road. Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that must be him. Beating my chest. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That must be him. Yeah. And then we've kind of stayed in contact sort of loosely ever since then. Mm. And uh, now you are a chef for EF Easy Post, Pro Cycling yeah. Easy, EF Post, Easy Post. Yeah. Uh, which is, I mean, really exciting. Like, I mean, we'll go into the sort of the, the story of kind of how that all unfolded. Mm, sure. And then. You know, Will, you and I have met a, a number of times. I think, you know, apart from the Rula uh, event that we were at, um, th- you know, you did some work with Chris Hall. And yeah, that's how certainly how you came on my ra- radar. And you are a nutritionist. Yeah. And now you're a nutritionist for EF Pro Cycling Easy Post. Easy Post, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, amazing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, m- let's talk about sort of how this podcast came about. So, mm. you, know, you know, a few years ago, you moved down to sort of Somerset Way. Mm-hmm. And you would come up every now and again. And one of the times you were coming in, it was a bit of a hush-hush. You were like, well, it's, yeah. it's not confirmed. True, but yeah. I might have this gig. Yeah, that was probably last winter, I think. Yeah. It would have been. Um, time. Yeah, it was sort of November, December. I was in the process of interviewing uh, for the role. Will, I'd known Will for a number of years, and he uh, gave me the opportunity to interview for the role. Um, and... It was an amazing opportunity for me. I'm yeah. a massive fan of pro cycling. Yeah. And from going into the chef's world and the, the catering world and then matching that up with my, my love and my passion for cycling, it was like a dream opportunity. Mm. Um, and so, so, Will, obviously you are a, a nutritionist yeah. and you're now... Are you the team nutritionist? Are you part of? Are you one of many team nutritionists? No, no, I'm the only one for the team. So That's I'm amazing. A head or lead, I guess, nutritionist um, for the moment, and then we may expand beyond that. I think uh, in the next couple of years. Yeah. But I think probably what we'll get next um, before that is maybe someone else to support. Yeah. Owen. Okay. So you're you're the chef. Yeah. You're the nutritionist. You're yeah. the chef. Yeah, and, and obviously there's, you know, they've been racing since January. Yeah. And I haven't worked yet this year. Yeah, sure. The 28th of Feb, I'll be flying tomorrow for Paris-Nice. Yeah. So there's more races than yeah. we cater for mm. on, yeah. in 
in the chef department yeah, the, sure. uh, yeah. of the team. Unlike uh, other teams who have like multiple chef buses, yeah. multiple chefs. I think uh, Yumbo have 11. 11 chefs. 11 chefs, yeah. Wow. Um, so quite, quite a few compared mm. to us. So, I mean, we'll, we'll sort of, you know, come back to sort of how you guys both ended up in, um, in thank, by the way, thanks for the drink. Yeah, Roman's brought this lovely kefir, yeah. uh, which <laughs> is ginger water. It is bloody lovely. So thanks very much for bringing this up. Um, so maybe let's, Will, let's start with you. Yeah, sure. So how, how did you get, well, essentially, how did you become a nutritionist? What's your story before you came to EF? Oh, well, um, I guess originally I started off in sport, uh, I guess as a typical personal trainer, but then I realized that my passion, my love, my uh, drive for mm. knowledge is all within nutrition. Mm. And I just delved down that road. I went and did my postgraduate diploma. Mm. I decided I wanted to work in professional sport. That was, uh, that was five years ago last year. Mm. And from there, I went and did my master's degree. I did my research in master's. Um, which is actually looking at carbohydrate dosage and frequency oh, in a prolonged endurance cycling with elite athletes. One of them being the man to my right here, which oh, is how I met amazing. him. Yeah. Um, so he was one of my, my lab rats. Probably about 2015, 16, yeah, yeah. something like that. And was that focused on your, like, your fixed gear? No, sort of it was just, it? well, you were looking for sort of amateur, yeah. amateur level athletes who who were training hard. Yeah. And yeah. I bumped into Justin Levine mm -hmm. um, and he was like, do you need participants? I was like, yeah, I do. Yeah. Actually. And he, <laughs> he just like hooked me up with loads of people like Chris Hall, George Fox, Owen. Um, and they all came in, did, did my study in the end. Um, I had a few other people there and that was yeah, specifically looking at that carbohydrate for, for long endurance, a lovely four hour indoor turbo with lots oh. of efforts. Yeah. Um, whilst I was ble bleeding them, oh, so um, <laughs> thorough enjoyment there. But after that, I, you know, I, I was working at the same time with uh, One Pro, which was a pro Conti team yep. at the yep, time. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did two years there. Then I did a year working with guys at CCC. Yeah. Um, and ended up, you know, obviously progressing and keep going to, to EF, which is where I am now, and I'm doing my doctorate currently. Oh, that's amazing. So yeah. when did you start at EF? And, and essentially, how does, that, how does that happen? How do you go from being a nutritionist that's got a handful of clients to working for a, a pro cycling team at the sort of the... So from, uh, the, the reason I'm asking that is, like from our, our standpoint, obviously, I understand the industry, but also, more importantly, I am, as, as many as other people listening, a fan of the sport. So we see, you know, a few... You know YouTube videos of what it's like behind the scenes, and you know you obviously have a very intimate relationship with the riders, mm. but it doesn't just start there. And I'm keen to sort of find out how what is that process from you being a a uh, you know sort of a, a qualified nutritionist yeah. into working for the Pro Peloton. Um, I mean, with anything, it's going to be getting that experience and getting that foot in the door initially yeah. uh, for sure. I remember I got my role with EF. Uh, Super randomly, I, you know, I was really proactive in how much I reached out to people consistently, yeah. very consistently, okay. <laughs> um, if not pesteringly. Um, but I, I mean, I, I messaged Char uh, Charlie Wigalius um, a year before I got the job and exactly a year to the day I messaged him again asking him about a job. And three months later, I got an email from Nigel Mitchell, who is the current nutritionist, yeah. being like, oh, you know, um, 
do you want to have an interview, etc.? Like wanted Amazing. some background from me, and next thing you know, like four interviews later, I got the job. Yeah. Uh, Pre-COVID, and then COVID happened, and yeah. then obviously that was a shambles of a year. But yeah, sure. Um, yeah, that's pretty much how it started. And Owen, I suppose again, you know, obviously you've known Will like previously, but mm. and I know that you know you've had that sort of chefing background. Mm. But how do you get into being a chef and a pro peloton? And essentially, I'm going to put all the Instagram, your link, Instagram links sort of below sure, yeah. because last year it was really enjoyable. Yeah. You know, you were, it, you were very generous with your time, you know, yeah. and what you were sharing, which was really great. And it very much allowed people to be a part of your journey. Yeah. But I mean, you, you made no sort of, you know, qualms about it. It was full gas, hard work in yeah. the back of a van, very hot. Yeah. And you're having to, you know, kind of fuel an entire team. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, this wasn't even on the radar. No, know? totally not. Um, and like I mentioned before, most of the races, the riders will eat hotel food yeah. at the end of the day. So it's when we can balance the the need for specific nutrition yeah. for the team, yeah. balanced against the finances and the resources of yeah. getting people to the right place. Yeah. Um, but how I came to it, well, I mean, my foot in the door was very much will. Um Will knew that EF were looking for a new chef mm. and he knew that I had a background in um, working in restaurants mm. and kitchens. And although I, I worked in finance for many years, I still had that background and I still had that love for food. Yeah. And I just, I still, I couldn't quite find my way into that world. Mm. Um, and so he, he reached out to me and said, you'd be great. Um, and I went from there. And the first few interviews, I remember speaking to my brother and I was like, this will be a dream. This will yeah. literally be a dream opportunity. And I'm not holding my hands up. Like yeah. I'm very, I moved to Somerset. I left London. I was very happy yeah. working on a farm and a retreat space. But I was dreaming. Mm. And so when it happened, this time last year, I was flying out to Paris for the first race. And I was, maybe the reason I shared so much is because I'm as big a fan as anyone yeah. and there's nothing I like better than watching a race from start to finish. Yeah. <laughs> and so I had to hold it in a little bit, the, yeah. like not so much the starstruckness, but just the excitement about seeing everything yeah, from of course. how they set out the bikes yeah. to how they do the bottles, the musettes, yeah. how it works when you've got 15 vehicles per team yeah. and you're traversing a country, like a, like basically like a traveling sort of circus. Yeah. <laughs> so, it is an exciting world and it's it's very interesting to be a part of. Um, I mean, you can hear the excitement in your voice, which is cool, you know. And yeah. obviously you, you're one year in, mm -hmm. you know, you're a couple of years in now, yeah. you know, with, with EF. So, I mean, maybe let's kind of get into the sort of details of, of the work. So, you know, this last weekend, hence the Flandrian flag yeah. we've got sort of behind you is, yeah. was opening weekend. But Fly obviously strong. we know that, you know, there's been you know, a number of other races so far this year, you know, Oman, UAE. But for you, Will, like, when does your, because we can easily say, well, the season starts here, but I'm sure that's not yeah, where yeah. your season starts. We may have mentioned that earlier. I mean, my season, I think the only month off I have would be October. Yeah, really. So that's where the, the riders will uh, get some downtime. Yeah. And that's if they're not doing the Chinese races. Yeah, sure. Um, and then for me, it's... Uh, Obviously, they didn't do them last year for obvious reasons, but yeah. um, then it's a case of setting everything up for, for next season. They start to go into pre-season training. Mm. I'm sorting, starting to liaise with 
um, our sponsors get stock sorted to yeah. get uh, new protocols and new things in place after the year that I just had. Um, I did a big review with the team, sat down with them all and said what the next steps are to improve this yeah. uh, this area of the team. Yeah. And, you know, that's what Improve been... the nutrition side of the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what did it look like before then? Or, it, it, I mean, I suppose that's maybe, you know, a bit too much of a question, but rather what are some of the things, what's your goal? Like what, what for you, if you were to kind of write out what my goal is for the team, can you sort of simplify and quantify that? It's a great question. Um, yes and no. It's been in uh, in parts sure. for me. I think last season was um, kind of thrown into the fire a bit after COVID because I wasn't involved with the team as much as I wanted to be. Yeah. And uh, that's for you know loads of reasons mm. to do with the team and the finances and so on. Yeah. But um, as we got into it, I spent you know three months more behind doors yeah. working with the team before I even started talking to riders and spending time with riders because yeah. there were so many things that had kind of uh, just been left by the wayside. And then we just needed to get everything back up to where it needed to be yeah. and get some systems in place yeah. so they, the riders were actually in a position to be able to then uh, work with. But in terms of the main question, what, what's the dream? I think the dream would be that all the riders are educated enough yeah, to be wow. able to understand and manage their nutrition in a confident way yeah, wow. when they turn up to a race with Owen there that they don't have plate service like other yeah. teams that they don't need some of this this really anal approach I guess to nutrition yeah. that they're confident to do that themselves yeah, with the support fine. of a great team around them so that's really interesting so I mean uh, I mean maybe we're sort of jumping ahead a, a little bit but so my understanding of of your role and your role as a chef is is you're essentially prescribing a very strict protocol for riders at certain points during their season mm. and your role is to make sure that they're getting that but what you're saying there is differently it's giving them the ownership and belief and trust yeah to do what is right for them to make sure that they can perform the next day i think and also to answer that in is that the riders actually race a lot less than they train. Yeah. So they're probably training for eighty percent of the year. Yeah. And only racing for twenty yeah, percent of the that's year. That's very interesting. So actually they and they're in Andorra, they're in Girona, they're yeah. in Monaco. Yeah. So they actually have to feed themselves, yeah. whether that's their own chef or yeah. their partner or them or themselves. Yeah. Mm. They actually need to know quantities. They need yeah. to know how to do low fiber. They yeah. know how to do low fat, high protein. Yeah. So when they come to a race, it should just be sort of seamless into that. Yeah, Obviously, yeah, they don't have that logistical headache of what I, what to prepare because yeah. we take that you, out. You're preparing head. that for them, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. you said something to me last time you, you stopped by the cafe and I think it was after maybe the, the tour. Mm. And, um, you know, you said, yeah, it's been a, bit, a little bit, bit of getting used to. And one of the things you said is like these guys, when they're in race mode, they're they're almost like robots mm. as in yeah. they're there to do a task and they're mm -hmm. there to do what they're told to do. Mm -hmm. And your job is to make sure that they are fueled to do yeah. essentially to be a robot. So yeah. then to kind of have the, the nutrition, the fuel in their system to essentially go out and work. And it was a really interesting thing to hear because obviously, you know, from our standpoint, we're approaching a race with just love and passion, mm. but they're working. Yeah. yeah, that's their job. Like, yeah, that's that's the, you know they go into they, survival they, mode. Yeah, they, well. they have jobs to do. Like, yeah. they, they from day one they won't take the staircase even if it's one floor. Mm. Interesting. Always elevated. Yeah, yeah. Always just little things like that. Yeah, yeah. They'll save energy anywhere they can. I remember reading that in um, 
I think it was I think it was Bradley Wiggins' book after he won the the tour in in 2012 and he said you know it's the small sacrifices that mm. when they were training in i think mallorca he wouldn't walk to the beach with his with his kids he'd, he'd have this little commuter bike because mm. he's like well i mean this is ridiculous i don't want to be developing muscles but all you know his he's talked about how his wife was picking up the suitcases mm. it's all those small things of kind of saving energy and yeah you're right going to survival mode yeah and i think the race situations are so stressful yeah I, you can't imagine yeah I mean, i'm sure many of the listeners have been in races and you know tight bunches but they're yeah, so stressful yeah, yeah. that they need as much downtime and recovery time as yeah, possible yeah. and so decision making should just be left aside yeah. all they need to know is yeah. i need to be here at this point i drop yeah. my suitcase off there and yeah. i eat and i race here yeah. and there and there yeah everything's absolutely programmed every single day the day before yeah so everyone knows where they need to be yeah. and what they're doing and um and it's the same for us as well i mean we are there to work mm. so you know we're obviously staying in the same hotels and we're traveling with the team and all the life admin that might take up your headspace when you're grounded at your in your home is mm. taken away mm. and you are there you're focused to work so mm. it's a, it's actually a really engaging yeah. that's why i love the job yeah. because it's so fulfilling that you're in a team where everyone is so reliable mm. every single person you can can you can be accountable to mm. and they're yeah, accountable sure. to you mm. and there's real ownership and mm. it's it's yeah it's like nothing i've ever been been involved with really I think coming back to one of the points you said before as well that I wanted to say, you know, one of the big things that you know came from wanting Owen to be a part of this as well is that the relationship between me and the chef just needed to be so close yeah. that we're not a big budget team. Yeah. You know, there's only so much bandwidth that we have to be able to deal with it. And that's also part of that education focus um, that, you know, I don't have the ability to work with every single rider in detail every single week, like mm. I would with maybe a, a private client or just yeah. if I was working with five guys, yeah, of course. which is why in EOS last year had three nutritionists yeah. um, and other teams have um, multiples yeah. with bigger budgets and how we share that and, you know, talk about nutrition and, uh, you know, I give Owen guidelines and then give him that creative space within the guidelines mm. and, uh, just need to know that we can trust each other yeah. i think for, for that because you know. i mean you're you're here uh you've come from somerset today mm -hmm. but you're off to races tomorrow yeah so you're you're flying out to you said denmark yeah so this year we've we've had a food truck for about 10 years mm. which i used last year um it was sort of at the end of its life and <laughs> yeah. it was very much a sort of converted sprinter truck yeah. compared to Bahrain, for example, we've got an 18 wheeler, yeah, which sure. expands I, out and I, it's like, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah. It's massive. Um, but so we're getting a new uh, food truck, which I'm picking up from Denmark yeah. and driving to Paris for yeah. Paris, -Nice. Paris Nice. Yeah. So you're, you're off on the road, mm -hmm. but Will, you're not. Uh, no, I mean, actually next week I'm going to that camp. Okay, yes, yeah. um, so I'm going to a train camp for there'll be eight riders there yeah. and uh, work with them. I'll be doing a bunch of testing with those guys. Actually, yeah. I'll be looking at uh, blood bicarbonate. I'll be looking at uh, sweat testing for sodium yeah. concentrations and then just spending some time with these riders. So, I mean, God, I, I find all this stuff so fascinating. So obviously you're going to be working with eight riders. Yep. But you've been working with them for, I mean, okay, some I don't know. You've been yeah. working with some of them for, you know, the last few months. Yeah. And maybe, yeah. you know, a couple of years if, you know, you're working with them yeah, to yeah. start off with. So before you get to the camp, you know, what are some of the protocols that you're putting in, 
you know, if, if for example, like if uh, our mechanic who's not here at the minute, Danny, he's a, also a coach, a cycling coach. So it's very easy for him to work with a client and prescribe, okay, you need to do this, you need to do this, yeah. you need to do this. And it's, you know, using whatever sort of software platform. Mm. What's your version of that? How are you, are you, are you is, it, is it calories? Is it, you know, kind of macronutrients? I, I mean, or is, are you working with their coaches about their goals to make sure that they're not under sort of you know fed or overfed i mean yeah. how does it work um when the riders especially the new, we had a lot of new riders we had 12 new riders this year so okay. oh, wow. a conversation with them was about just understanding where they're at yeah, what's, sure. what's going on with them and, and learning a bit about them mm. um i think getting buy-in with those riders as well they don't know who i am yeah uh, they just you know know i'm a nutritionist i'm like the food guy yeah or something like this yeah, you know, yeah. so uh, talking to them, getting them to know them a better better is one thing. Mm. Um, the the main focus initially is just to understand where they are in terms of race nutrition because yeah. it's such an easy one to tick off. Mm. See how they're getting on with nutri race nutrition. Is there any problems? Are there any issues? Yes, no. Yeah. And then building them up from obviously not taking on race nutrition levels, which is you know, 90 to 120 grams of carbohydrate an hour yeah. they're taking on. Um, That's a lot. That is a huge amount. So, that's, so that's, that's in race. That's, that's in, in race. race. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll lay uh, that out in front of you. And yeah, yeah. See, see how yeah. You I reckon Jamie has that. Yeah. Most lunches when he get from the Tesco Tesco meal deal. Exactly. Yeah. Other, <laughs> other supermarkets are available. Um, so yeah, it's, it's taking them from that, you know, and, and we had guys coming in, you know, do the baseline testing and the guys are hitting like 70 grams an hour. You know, pro riders hitting 70 grams an hour. Yeah. And that's, you know, they need to be hitting minimum 90 grams an hour. Yeah. Um, and there's some fluctuation within that in some stages. You know, there are definitely days where it goes easy, but like mm. that's that's an easy to tick off the list. Yeah, sure. And then it's a case of working rider by rider, seeing what situations there are, yeah. where's their body composition at, look at their blood values, mm. which is a lot of what my doctorate's looking at. Mm. My doctorate's looking more chronically yeah. with riders over a year, okay. looking at testosterone levels, cortisol levels, mm. uh, how their health is affected over a year. Yeah. And the amount of riders that also under fuel mm. on a chronic level mm. over a year as mm. well. Mm. You know, these guys should be taking in around six to 7,000 calories on some days, mm. but they, they don't. And I so th that's a really interesting point. And that's a, a question I've got down here later on, like, because <laughs> as, as amateurs, you know, we know the difference that a couple of kilos make going up a, a local climb, yeah. you know, is it does make a difference. Mm. So, you know, we look to the pro peloton as, as, as people who are, you know, in great shape, they're fit. Obviously, they there is that power to weight, mm. which is massive. But surely the dilemma of if you take on more calories, it's a very simple dilemma, and it's yeah. very misconstrued. But if you take on more calories, that will be a, that will sacrifice your weight. Yeah, is that something that you are having to battle? And at what point do you does it cross for as an individual? Does it cross over into being a potentially negative, possibly disorder? You know, mm. where, you know, riders are, are, are under fueling themselves for fear of what might happen. Yeah, for sure. I think the uh, a lot of guys don't have a context or understanding of food. They don't understand how many calories they're expending. They don't know what, how much protein, carbohydrate and fat is in yeah. certain items. There's yeah. more amateur people out there educated um, in terms of tracking their food and yeah. looking at it like that That's than some pro cyclists. And is that because their job is just to turn up and go full gas. Some guys are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. I think, you know, um, some guys do just, 
it is, I mean, it's very weird in a sport in that way because, you know, you go to football clubs, they all go to the training ground. Mm. Everyone sees everyone in the hallways mm. every single day. They, mm. they train together, mm. they work together, they go into their rooms, you know, so on. But then in cycling, yeah. you've got a guy, one guy in Colombia, you've got a guy in New Zealand, you've got yeah, a guy, sure. in, um, you know, in Belgium. Mm. And then all you have is their training peaks. You might have a conversation with their coach mm. and they rock up to a race and you mm. just assume that they're going to be in great condition. And I suppose that you're also assuming that they're following your advice. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, have there been times when you've had to, you know, say you're clearly not following, <laughs> you're clearly not following my um, advice? Yeah, there's definitely quest uh, some questions that come up. Like I know if a rider's kind of lying to me in some yeah. respects. Um, I wouldn't say I've had it that bad, yeah, sure. to be honest. They've been probably a bit more honest about it and okay, they'll just fine. go, I'm too tired and yeah. too busy. And I'm like, well, you're not, you're a professional rider. Yeah. Um, your job is yeah. to, to do this. Um, you but know. We, we were talking, you know, before the, the, podcast started we were talking about you know with the advent of technology in the last sort of five years and like whoop straps and and there is as you say with amateurs quote-unquote amateurs a lot more understanding of the impact that various things have in your on in in your ability to sort of digest you know kind of like you know nutrients properly you know lack of sleep or stress all the you know kind of cortisol all the all these things that are sort of going in your body like Ultimately, that has a really big impact on what your body is able to to digest, surely. So I, I suppose like, at what point do you, you know, have there been times when you've had to sort of pull them over and kind of go, are you okay? Yeah, I, I think um, you, you, you mentioned before about this spectrum, like are there guys with, you know, invert commas, disordered eating? Mm. There's this definitely a, a, a huge spectrum within the team about guys that care a lot yeah. and don't care a lot. Yeah, sure, sure, and sure. And sure, sure. how they approach that. That's interesting. Uh, many of them approach it in different ways. Yeah, they just don't weigh themselves. Some of them, um, some of them do it, you know, so regularly and systematically and uh, consistently that they have their own system in place. Yeah. Um, and some people are just more emotional people than others. Yeah. Others are just very professional, very like they just do it. Yeah. And um, it's just finding out like who those guys are and then just steadily working with them. And there's there's always going to be guys like especially at the moment, uh, ones I spend significantly more time with right mm. now mm. to enable them to be uh, where we need them to be a, as a professional. Um, you know, we, ha we had a guy, or sorry, not had, have a guy who, who's vegan or follows a vegan uh, diet. And, you know, we've had conversations about it, about how we can provide that food for him yeah. at a race, what we can do. Um, and then also how he can do that healthily. As yeah, because well. that's not the opportunity to kind of go, you know, to question his reasons for being that way. Like the, we you, ask them. Well, you, you yeah, can sure. question it, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean... From a moral standpoint, you can't really argue no. against yeah, it sure. and his decision. But yeah. from a performance-based standard, I mean, the stress of a three-week race trying to yeah. manage your protein intake yeah. and, uh, yeah, I think it's very difficult. Yeah, It's interesting when you, when you like, I think you go there and then you see, like, what a three-week race does, like, even like, yeah. as a staff. Yeah, you know, and they yeah. like what they're doing. Mm. It's, um, a, it's a recovery game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Recovery is the most important thing. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, I mean, yeah. Again, that's you know, we've just been talking about fuel for performance, but actually, it's the it's the same thing. It's that repair work. It's that recovery. It really is um, to get ready for the next day. Mm. Mm. 
and and just to also say like you know to any vegans that might be listening you know it's i'm not saying you can't be vegan mm. i'm just saying that there are so many more considerations yeah. that you need to just take on board mm. and you can't just wing it yeah. you can't come into a mm. grand tour thinking you can be vegan mm. and everything's going to be good mm. because the chances are it's not mm. you need to be as with any of those riders the guys that are looking to win it they're on top of their game yeah with every aspect of their life, food, and so on. So yeah. you need to be doing that, obviously, yeah. as a vegan as well. It's a really interesting one. Um, so you just referenced sort of your your sort of like relationship. So um, you know you'll have a, you'll be equipping these riders. You've been working with them for a few months to say, right, this is what you should be eating during your sort of training sort of period. Yeah. And then when it comes to race day, this is what you should be eating. So obviously, this is the first race. I've got two questions. This is the mm. first race that you're going to, where you're going to be with the team. Mm -hmm. So what have they been doing before? Who's been with them? This season? Yeah. It'll be hotels, essentially, hotel, hotel food. Yeah. So I actually, someone asked me this the other day. They were like, how do you know what the hotel, how do you know what the hotels provide? You know, yeah. you know it's sufficient. Um, yeah, do you? Personally, no, I'm, I don't know. What the actual food that they give? Um, some of them... I get asked to critique yeah. um, a menu that gets fired over to our operations manager. Okay. Um, but actually with the development of Owen, who created like a, a framework within, so, you know, I, I said, I, I mentioned about the guidelines and he creates the, the recipes and these flavors and uh, everything within that. Mm. Um, created like that framework really that I, mm. I've, we've then used as a, what we send to hotels to say this is you know this is what we're looking this at. is what we need and yeah. it's not so much a menu but it's just a way of saying we like these we like our proteins cooked like this yeah low fat and you know it's it's yeah. kind of like a guideline yeah sure how yeah. we allow them to prepare the food of course within the demographics of their hotel and their environment yeah mm. but it's just a guideline set out for them yeah really interesting and i mean have you ever been in the position where you've had you know sort of riders or members of the team turn around and say like they've only got Coca Pops. Um, well, I wouldn't know. They wouldn't come to me. But I mean, you get the little things. Yeah, like sure. I just had one today. Um, can I have lactose-free dairy yogurt? And I'm like, well, I'm, I mean, in the middle of depends where they are. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, that's a fresh produce kind of thing. You know, it's got a yeah, shelf life. Okay, so yeah, fine. Um, depends where they are in the world. Yeah, um, yeah. And unsalted uh, rice cakes was the other one like you know some of the they'll want particular things sometimes you can yeah, provide sure, it sometimes sure, sure, you can't. Sure. but I, I think the unsung heroes in, in the team are well i mean every single person is an unsung hero <laughs> depending on their workload but the swan years yeah work hard they are sort of their personal assistants to the riders yeah so if the riders say oh actually i want a fresh tub of nutella tomorrow yeah. or like i want you know a big bag of ice in uh, the second feed or whatever yeah. The Swanyers will go to a supermarket. Yeah. They'll search it out. Yeah. They'll speak to the hotel. They'll speak to the next hotel on the yeah. road. Yeah. It's very much their job, essentially. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I, I mean, truthfully, I mean, it, uh, it's a bit of a shock. And it's really interesting hearing that, you know, the riders and the team are left to their own devices at hotels. I mean, of course, you know, mm. you've, you, you've, you've, you know, kind of spec these hotels before. My assumption was that they're one of your shelves. Mm. But understanding it's just you now is really yeah. interesting. And I suppose that raises the question about budget. We'll go in, take over the hotel, you know, 
analyze all the supply chain and make sure that they can you know provide everything yeah. down to the most macronutrient but what you're saying is within your team at least you're and i suppose it's quite nice you're trusting the riders to do the right thing so that they do their job really well yeah yeah, yeah for sure um, and their focus on food is, is definitely as a fuel yeah um i've had riders come to me and say look we know how stressful this job is we know that it's a 300k distance each day yeah. to travel yeah. and it's a new area it's a new yeah. supermarket mm. so they're like if the ho if the food we'd prefer the food to be ready when we're there yeah. and cold yeah. then we have to wait for it because yeah, sure. they just want to fit it into their day yeah. after their massage and then yeah. go to bed so yeah. they're not there to eat they're yeah, there to sure. ride the eating is it's a second uh, priority essentially i mean that's the interesting thing about when it came down to like creating recipes flavors yeah. and like um the kind of food you delivered in the end as well yeah right? yeah by the end of the season by the vuelta which was my last race last year i felt like i had it down and i i really was sort of adhering to what the riders wanted and often it is quite plain food yeah and it's quite simple yeah, I sure. mean, there was a story of garrett thomas i think a few years ago basically just eating rice and eggs during the tour yeah. the whole way through i mean in in chicken, in, his <laughs> in his documentary uh, that the bbc did with him on, on the year that he wasn't able to defend the, the the tour he was going into i think it was their truck i think yeah weighing out the rice yeah like himself and then you know i think a couple of eggs and that was it mm. and i'm like oh my god but again he's 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 come here a couple of times and I offered him a cake and he was like no yeah and I and th and it was really early in the season it was mm. like I think either January or February and I was like oh yeah of course like you're working you know he's part of it in the training schedule leading up to the yeah. after that so I mean Owen let's talk about your job mm. so I mean obviously Will's done sort of you know been working with the riders for a while getting them ready you know from a nutrition standpoint for game day and mm. then that's where you quote unquote sort of like take over so mm -hmm. to speak. It was, as I said earlier, it was brilliant following your, your stories, but it also paved, you know, look, the UK has seen, you know, Team Sky, now Ineos sort of take over with this huge budget and they've got, you know, famous chefs and all of this. So it's very easy to kind of assume that's what it's like for all the teams, but, you know, obviously it's not. And I suppose like watching, you have to deal with, well, hopefully it won't be the case anymore, you know, kind of equipment mm. issues. Yeah, yeah. But actually the day to day, okay, I need, I'm in a new location. I need to go and get food mm. and you don't know if you're going to be able to get food. And, I, and there's other teams that are fighting for that same amount of food. Yeah. So let's sure. talk about, you've got Paris Nice coming up. So, yep. you know, let's talk about what you, what that looks like day to day. Yeah, sure. Um, firstly, I'd like to say that Ineos actually, as I mean, sometimes they're the subject of mocking Team Sky sort of overlord, you know, transformer <laughs> vehicles. But I actually met the chef and again, I'd seen documentaries about them having specialist chefs and and then I went and met him and it's a guy called John who lives in Croydon mm, and he okay. was very much the same sort of person as me and <laughs> yeah, he'd okay. come from the restaurant world and he'd found this way and and then we exchange numbers and yeah. then we meet halfway through the Giro and halfway through here. And yeah, great. He needs some mozzarella, he asked me. Like it's actually, despite all the rivalries between the, the races, yeah. the staff of the teams are actually quite intermingled. It's really nice. Sort yeah, of network. for sure. And you, you hope it would be. Yeah. 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 It's really friendly. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and I think maybe this is why, um, Will thought I would be a good person for the role, but 
you know, I'm, I am actually a chartered accountant by background. So I'm quite an organized person. Yeah. And so I like, I, I can't, for my own headspace, I can't be not organized. It yeah. just it lets everything get on top of me. So I prepare a whole spreadsheet of every detail I need for the races and I'll contact each hotel. So I've already spoken to every hotel in Paris-Nice and I'll essentially just put an order in okay. and they'll provide, it's only seven riders if you think about yeah, it, which sure. is actually fresh food. It's not a massive amount per yeah. day. I can do all the shopping I need to in supermarkets um, and and the hotel will provide. I mean, you always have to have a backup. So what's, sorry, what are you ordering from the hotel? Well, essentially ingredients. Oh, okay, fine. But you'll with. be cooking within your in your truck. Yeah, your brand new shiny truck. Yeah, exactly. But I'll, I'll also work with the hotel team, yeah. so I can use. I'll u often use their equipment to, and it'll be in. Typically, we'll have our own meeting room within each hotel. Yeah, and so we're sort of separate dining. The the riders will have their own table, and the staff will eat in the same room. Yeah. But so we set up a breakfast table there. Uh, a food room mm. with all the kind of snacks that we like to give them and yeah. we know that they can just snack on and keep keep um the calories going in jelly babies yeah 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 haribo yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> haribo and rice cakes yeah, yeah. yeah. speculose that's yeah, a favorite yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maple syrup on everything everything yeah, yeah. um so you but let's talk talk me through race day Right, so, okay. Early. Yeah, pretty early start. Um, I mean, it depends. That's actually, a, I was thinking about this podcast the other day and I was thinking about what I'd like to talk about. And one thing I think is very relevant to people who are listening and myself included when I was training quite hard is that actually breakfast is personally my favorite meal, but mm. that's a different subject. Um, it's actually quite difficult to get right because often you start a ride so early and mm. if you're out for a long day, you really want to eat sort of three hours before, really. Interesting. Um, or maybe two, but, and so it's quite difficult to, to get the calories in at an early time and then just go on the bike and ride. Yeah. And so uh, pro racing often starts at 12 o'clock or 11 o'clock, depends on the day. You know, some days in Italy, there's, there'll be a long transfer to the start. Mm. So we'll, the, the director sportifs each day will have an itinerary and that will have the breakfast time. It will have the time they need to be on the bus. So it's all, and it's all calculated beforehand. Mm. So I'll start probably 6 a.m., probably get up, um, head to the truck and then just start preparing breakfast take it to the the meeting room and then I'll station myself there and I'll cook each person eggs how they like it yeah, each okay. rider and it's a really nice time actually because it's quite a relaxing time in the morning yeah. they often come down in different groups I I've, I always have like a, a whatsapp group with them or a teams group and I say like just let me know when you're coming down because yeah. some of them like Rigo for example he will maximize his recovery time okay fine he's very efficient and very relaxed person yeah. and he won't ever push the limit if, if there's more time to recover yeah. and so essentially you're, you're saying lie in bed but it's a really i like i do like the breakfast time with the guys because yeah. it's before the race and they're a bit more relaxed yeah. and yeah it's a lovely time so, so I, th this is probably a point where i need <clears throat> to ask a very important question yeah where does coffee come in <laughs> <laughs> 
So coffee, um, <laughs> I mean, it's it kind of hurts me deep a little bit, but <laughs> the baseline is an espresso machine okay, no, uh, yeah. because it's very efficient and it's very clean and yeah. it's easy for the riders and the staff yeah. <laughs> to have uh, espresso or decaf yeah. all day long. Um, makes however, perfect sense. Sorry? Makes perfect sense. It does, yeah. yeah. And it's, they can, I would love to get a fancy espresso machine, but yeah, sure. one person to maintain it and actually produce good coffee. Yeah, I'll come. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would need someone else, yeah. basically. But I, I, they love filter as well. So, yeah, okay. and I love making filter yeah, yeah, myself. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'll, I'll make that for them. Nice. And I like, yeah, lovely. Putting the bag on the table, yeah, yeah, yeah. so they know what's what's mm. coming, and they know it's a nice, it's yeah, kind of like, like a breakfast topic. You know, they like talking about it. Shout yeah. out workshop coffee. Yeah, basically. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then also some of the riders give me coffee oh, to produce. Like Owen Dool, I think, has his own um, coffee yeah. brand. Really? Rigo's yeah. his own brand. Oh, Rigo, yeah. Jens Kukula as well. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, it's quite that. a few, like, really into it. Yeah, very yeah, cool. Yeah, super, yeah. Some of them have their own kettles in their room. And yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. Hugh Carthy brings his own travel yeah, kettle. Does, yeah, yeah. I've heard that. He yeah, likes yeah. his herbal teas. Yeah, yeah. 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 There was, like, you know, there's all those kind of, like, you, you know, like, legends. Uh, and you wonder if they're true or not. But uh, something like Jens Voigt was notorious for having, like, 12, like, Nespressos before a race. Like, just kick them back. Well, I mean, uh, what you've told me you need... It's 200 milligrams really to make any difference, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it depends on the way, but like it's three to six milligrams for a performance enhancing effect. So, you know, most of the rides are around the 70 kilo mark. Yeah. Oh, per um, kilo, you mean? Yeah, per, yeah, exactly. Three milligrams. So, you know, it's at minimum, it's a triple espresso really mm. to see uh, a performance enhancing effect. Wow. And that can obviously, if they're 70 kilos, yeah. uh, that, that could be up to six uh, shots as well. And does, this <laughs> is a question I've never asked, but does the more energy you expend, does that does the caffeine leave your system quicker? I've always assumed that. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> look, there's been times where I've had like a, you know, coffee, like usually like 12 or one, and I'm night, I'm still wired. Yeah. So I wonder if they're kicking back all this to get the caffeine in, or if they've got caffeine gels during the race, do you see that affecting their sleep? Um, We're going I, off on a bit of tangent they're, here. They're, they're pretty wired anyway. I feel like a lot of them. Okay. I think um, they. I think the exhaustion factor really does burn it. Yeah, sure. yeah. Through them, and we, we've we've all done long days on the bike, and you do you do feel tired. What? Yeah. Uh, I've seen a couple of guys have a coffee after. Well, a decaf maybe. Decaf, yeah. yeah. Yeah, interesting. But also, it's quite a late day. Yeah. Often the dinners will be nine, nine thirty, well, even ten p.m. Yeah. For yeah, and the staff always eat after, so we end up eating very late. Yeah, anywhere between nine and eleven. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's a long that's, day. that's very interesting. And because they really, they don't want to feed the riders pre-massage or pre-chiropractor yeah, sure. or pre-osteopath. Yeah. But does that, from a nutrition standpoint, are there negatives to eating late when it comes to recovery and sleep? No, not really. Okay, like, fine. I mean, I would have thought it would affect the sleep. It affects my sleep personally. Um, I mean, I, th I think it depends for a lot of the guys because when we look at the recovery aspect, that recovery really starts from, obviously from straight after the race. Yeah. And um, from a glycogen uh, resynthesis point of view, so uh, replenishing stored carbohydrates as quickly as possible, there's about a four-hour window there yeah. where you want to maximize that. And that is the recovery bottle. That's not the core. No, uh, yeah. So they come off. They'll they'll get like um, cherry juice, don't they? A cherry juice. Cherry juice. Um, cherry juice. And, and fancy. The secret yeah. tonic. And wow. then they'll get uh, a recovery drink. 
um, which will be your standard recovery drink, nothing special. Yeah, to be sure, honest. sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, and then they'll have, they'll probably shower. A, a little can of Coke, that seems to be quite popular. Uh, yeah. Sometimes, we don't have it on the bus, actually. Okay. Yeah. We Some guys, we, depending on the stage, we'll give it out at the end. Yeah. Um, some of the guys will request for Haribo or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, mm. that, who's it, Sagan always used yeah. to make that, you yeah. know, just... Well, each one year will have a race it will have a cooler bag yeah, yeah. and that will have various drinks in and yeah, they'll yeah. be at the finish yeah. waiting for a winner hopefully yeah yeah <laughs> some um some of them will, yeah they'll have a mixture of things waters to to cokes and things like this yeah. i mean hugh will always ha want harry by the end really how funny yeah, yeah and that's the that's the best time to just to yeah it's fine because um, is, is it a bit of a reward is it a bit of a is that a good time to have it is there any nutritional value yeah i mean it's 100 percent nutritional value i mean not so much in micronutrient density but in terms of um you get like a translocation. So a transporter moves from the muscle membrane to the wall and it yeah. allows, it actually allows you to draw more effectively in carbohydrate. Yeah, interesting. Which is why there's that around four hour window. I'm not talking about protein here yeah. or like that post-workout window yeah, yeah. people talk, typically talk about of like 30 minutes or whatever they say. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is about this, the activation and use it, uh, using of the muscles mm. brings this um, transporter to the cell membrane and it allows you to bring in that carbohydrate so much more yeah. effectively. Yeah. And you're essentially looking to maximize that to, you know, from stage to stage, you want to get as topped up again as quickly yeah. as possible. Interesting. Um, and if anything, you know, they'll have a, obviously a reasonable dinner, but I don't think for the most part they're, they're like stuffing themselves. No, it's true. Like it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, because I mean, I suppose it's this, because this is their job. Mm. You know, they understand that if they do sort of like gorge, there will be sort of like negative, negative. They'll feel bloated in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for sure. Like a lot of them will naturally taper. They'll have more after the race. Yeah, fine. And it will steadily taper off. They'll have a few snacks, yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of snacks around the massage or yeah. before or afterwards. And then they'll go down to dinner. And dinner yeah. will be on the smaller side typically yeah, interesting. to the, the grandeur of the meals over the day. And so, so, so getting back to it, so you feed them breakfast. Mm-hmm. And what will that what will that look like? I mean, will it depend rider to rider, or is there a bit of a sort of it's, set theme that it kind of works? It's probably the most set okay, theme fine. of of the meals. So, yeah, I mean, each rider um, will have an omelet. Yeah, three eggs. Mm. I mean, typically depends. Alberto has one and three, so one whole, three whites. Hughes two and two. Mm. Uh, TJ is now a director for the team, not mm. riding anymore. He had two fried eggs usually, sunny side up. Mm. Um, <laughs> But uh, overnight oats. Yeah. I sometimes do porridge on a cold day, but overnight oats, I think it's just a little bit more digestible. And what quantities are we talking? I will do a kilo of oats okay, for fine. eight riders. And then I, I do it really simple. Like people like to put chia seed, chopped yeah. apricots, yeah, cinnamon. Fine. I actually just do like just a plant-based milk, yeah. bit of salt, bit of cinnamon or nutmeg. Mm. And I actually don't really sweeten it mm. because mm. at other breakfast table mm. i've got all the honeys i've got yeah, all yeah. the maple syrups yeah. so i allow them to flex it yeah, sure. so they know that they're just getting that base carb mm. essentially that they can do what they like with it so we're so we're talking obviously protein yeah obviously if it's egg whites and it's reducing some of the fats and yeah. then carbs yeah and then rice well, i'll do a plain a bowl of plain rice for breakfast in for the them. morning yeah and then i'll do most of them will have that yeah, most of them will have that, especially yeah. on a time trial day. Yeah, interesting. Um, but there's also cereals, mueslis, mm. Rice Krispies are really low fiber, yeah. a really good option. So talk to, you've mentioned that a couple of times. So talk to me about high fiber, low fiber, mm. high fat, low fat. We've talked about carbs, talking about um, proteins. 
but you know with regards to fats with regards to fiber like what are you guys trying to avoid so this is something where like the relationship between me and will is very close yeah. and he won't say i want them to have chicken and pasta tonight or i want them to have right. fish he won't dictate the menu to me yeah but he will say oh there's three quite intense mountain days coming up in italy yeah let's do low fiber let's do low fat proteins and so, is, is that about weight saving um, so the fiber thing, yeah, it's a combination of two things. Some of the guys um, may take on um, that I may be working with directly to say, let's do a low residue, low yeah. fiber diet. And you can lose around anywhere between half a kilo to a kilo from d following low residue for about four to five days. Wow. Uh, so you, that's quite significant. That's weight, yeah. um, they can lose for a particular stage. So we can, we can time that mm. uh, for a rider for a stage. It's, it's essentially what Garen Thomas was doing, I guess. Yeah. Well, there was that famous, uh, Jay and I were talking about it before, there was the, the 2018 Giro d'Italia where yeah. Chris Froome went on the attack yeah. and yeah, did yeah, that yeah, solo. Amazing. Yeah. And the, 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 yeah, they lost the story weight around it, yeah. it was they lost weight yeah, and he recovered throughout the race ready yeah. for that day. And yeah. I'm, I'm like, you're listening to it going, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just amazing. Yeah, yeah. there's minute details and those percentage points adding up. I mean, you can get real geeky about it. You can look at like uh, hydration uh, factors um, and purposely have someone get slightly dehydrated for a particular client. So water retention, basically. Um, you can, well, no, more about like just knowing how much someone sweats yeah. at a certain temperature. Obviously, that can change quite a lot and the race yeah. intensity can change, which is yeah. why it can be a bit of a, um, a cautious one maybe. But yeah. like you, you can purposely slightly under hydrate yeah. uh, because there's a scope where it won't affect your performance yeah, still sure. and then you can end up doing a climb slightly lighter yeah. um for that it's not something that we've done for the guys last year yeah. it's not but it is something that people do try and do that's fascinating i just think that's i think that's amazing it is it's, it's very you know, interesting being able to because i remember hearing that and kind of going yeah yeah but really understanding actually you know i mean using what the two of you are doing as a tool really yeah. i think that is absolutely like yeah. amazing i mean the low fiber thing is also because preference right for the guys like they just don't like to feel full yeah, yeah sure very very interesting very interesting i mean there's obviously a tipping point you do need to be able to no, get fiber through your system yeah and yeah. you do you know you want to process the food properly and, yeah. and that is a real consideration mm. because you imagine your body going through three weeks of racing, mm. racing at what, two degrees, zero degrees at the top of the mountain, mm. and then going to valleys, yeah. temperature change, just sweat, everything. There's so many variables. Mm. So yeah. digestion and How's and how they thing? yeah how they cope with it is a massive point. Okay, so we're getting there. So <laughs> <laughs> so breakfast, eggs, carbs, mm. um, and then fats. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not that important. We can no. sort of come back to that. Yeah. I mean, well, actually, no, we can talk about that. Because, no, no, it's, like, it's fine. It's, fats it's, it's, is, keep going. Like, fats is a, I mean, look, in the last, you know, sort of like, let's say 10 years, like uh, an individual, whether it be pro or amateur's access to understanding around nutrition is probably better than it ever has been. Yeah. Mm. But there is also so much stuff out there. And there's, it's not, it's not that there's a lot of bullshit, but there's a lot to sort of take in and a lot to understand. So mm. the understanding around the hype ones around ketogenesis and so getting yeah, everything yeah. from like fat stores. It, it, There's it, not a single guy in the peloton that's doing keto. 
Exactly. There's a lot of people that say they are, but they're not. Like guys up. might do it outside of yeah, the race, exactly. Like, but n- nobody in a race is doing ketones. Yeah. Well, they might take ketones during the race. Uh, ketones, yeah, would be different. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a relatively mm. newer, yeah. newer sort of you know sort Last of development. Three years, really. Um, but the it, it you know where does fats come in a from your standpoint where do fats come in a in a diet either leading up to or during a race yeah um i mean they're obviously important there are factors within it that improve health because obviously over a three-week race health can be affected yeah um especially for you know we definitely look for oily fish quite regularly through yeah. a race because of omega-3 yeah, the of anti-inflammatory effects there's also some uh, muscle protein synthesis effects for them um and that, that is pretty important. And they will supplement with that as well alongside. Um, and a rider will have a total caloric requirement for yeah. a day. Protein is obviously the driving force of muscle recovery and adaption to what they're doing and aiding of inf- muscle uh, inflammation. Um, then carbohydrate is the main source of fuel that they're doing. And you know, through all the research that we still have and it's still coming out, you know, carbs are king. Yeah. They will always outperform a fat-based diet for endurance-based sport. Yeah. And at the closest, they'll be, you know, equivocal. So, but but fat, that, you know, high fat diets will never outperform a high carb diet in terms of performance. Um, and the fats there are going to be ultimately then for, as I said, health. Yeah. And then kind of filling up the rest of the calories potentially mm. for the day after you've got the essential amount of carbohydrate and protein that they need. Interesting. And I mean, with regards to, you know, obviously there's more calories and carbs how calories you, and fat than carbs you mean yes sorry how are you working with them with riders to get to race weight is that something that you take into consideration and does that change the macronutrients of what you're what you're doing yeah the ratios uh, in terms of the lead up to a race and then getting them into the right shape and body composition yeah, yeah so um definitely because you know, this sport is glycolytic in nature. It yeah. is carbohydrate dependent. Yeah. So when we look through a week, you look through the rides that they're doing, there is certain rides that have more of a carbohydrate requirement than others. So you get a bit more flexibility in easier endurance-based rides or recovery days. Yeah. But on, you know, rides where they're doing three, four, five, six hours, and it's got efforts in it yeah. that they need to perform for, then the carbohydrate comes first. Yeah. And then you work out what their calories need requirement for the day need to be based upon yeah. the session at hand. Yeah. Uh, so for some of the guys, you know, I had one of the guys actually drop six kilos uh, for UAE um, from you know off season weight to UAE, and it's a lot of weight. Yeah, it's a lot of weight. Yeah, he's uh, not a tall guy either. No, no, but he's pretty big anyway. Yeah, um, but. You know, he, he lost that weight over a period of time. Uh, I think it was um, just over a month mm. that we did that in. I think five weeks. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge amount. Um, yeah. Um, does the body give you, does the body, in, in his case, does it, and I suppose you're working with, does it give any kickback to when he does start taking on sort of calories again? Does his body... No, it, sh- no it shouldn't do because, um, because carbohydrate status stays high. Yeah, sure that he's constantly replenishing and still staying around the kind of carbohydrate uh, water weight that he mm. should be at. We're not depleting him. Yeah, um, whereas obviously if you went low carb, yeah. that's you're gonna lose a whole bunch of water and glycogen yeah, yeah, and everything yeah. like this. Yeah. So the, there's gonna be that kind of that will come back on at mm. a race mm. and riders do do that. Mm. Um, and a caveat or another facet of that maybe even is that 
if you have a, a lot of um, high fat stuff over carbs, you're going to downregulate your ability to utilize carbohydrate, become mm. less efficient mm. at it. So it's probably not the best thing to do in the yeah, to a race. All right. But that's the whole thing. So right, we so. went off a whole other yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. So you fed them breakfast. Yeah. They're in the, they're in the transfer. <laughs> Go to this. So I'll, I'll, typ I'll typically be the last person to leave the hotel. Actually. Yeah, sure. The, the guys will be off on the bus. Yeah. The soigneurs will, half of them will go with the, with the, uh, the bus and the, in the race cars. And there's a hotel team, which is two mechanics and two soigneurs. The mechanics truck will drive, the soigneur truck will drive with all the suitcases. Mm. And then I'll make my own way and we'll meet at the next hotel, sure. which is usually a two, three hour drive. Yeah. We have a nice lunch. This is our downtime. Oh, nice. We have a staff lunch, the six of us or five of us. Watch the race, go and nap. I usually wine. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Beer and wine, get drunk. I usually sometimes go for a run or, or explore the town in yeah. a COVID safe way. Yeah. Um, and then start preparing for the dinner, essentially. Yeah. So when every time the race is going on, I'm essentially sort of resting yeah, or sure, sort sure. of like Makes sense. planning yeah, yeah. her head, basically. Yeah. But they, I'll also make them packed lunch i was gonna say that's that's the interesting bit so what are you what are you how are the you two working together to and what are they eating on the bike up to the race and on the bike yeah yeah so on the bike i actually don't have any i mean i've designed some of the rice cake recipes yeah, yeah. but i don't have any input on, on the race day okay fine. it's the soigneurs and will will obviously structure it before yeah. the race and he'll help out if he's at the race yeah. for sure yeah. but the, typically they're eating Many of the sports products we all consume, the gels, the powders, all of that. Um, so that's one of the questions I've got down here because, I mean, obviously, you know, like, you, you know, any sort of pro cycling team is a business and it relies, you know, wholly on sponsorships and endorsement deals, you know, and uh, I'm not sure what the, the, the brand, the EF. Never second. Is there a sports nutrition? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of okay, fine. Never second. Yeah. I mean, from your standpoint, uh, I mean, do you have a say as what they get? I mean, you know, yeah, and what, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, because uh, we were saying earlier, I mean, a lot of it, I, you know, I kind of sometimes feel that some of these brands, they rely to a lot of marketing and, the, you know, some of their guide, guides on how much they should be consuming just seems way too high mm. for the majority of people. But obviously, mm. you know, you're dealing with the riders who are at the absolute pinnacle mm. of, of yeah. sort of energy in, energy out. So you're happy to be working with these companies, happy to be working with these uh, sort of nutrition brands. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I was, I was kind of going to say I, I want to get through the day of what what Owen does it in a bit, <laughs> and then maybe come back to it before we digress a bit more, if it, if that's good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you've made them a pat lunch. So the so. I mean, pack lunch, apple, banana, sandwich, crisps. <laughs> yeah, just juice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the Spider-Man. Yeah, one of those spots. crazy yogurts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. A little yeah. toy in the corner. Um, it will basically, we call it bus food. Yeah. And that is, um, I mean, it's usually rice and chicken. Yeah. It can be sometimes gnocchi and tomato sauce and then sort of tuna or yeah. salmon. And it's basically, I... I make eight of them. Yeah. So one per rider and then one for the finish bag. So yeah. if they if they win a stage, they're often held in doping control yeah, sure, sure, media. Sure, 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 sure. So like the, the Swanier will yeah, have yeah, an extra yeah, meal yeah, for yeah. them. Yeah, and all it is is just getting that, that carb and that mm. protein balance, mm. just real food, mm. you know, that mm. they can eat on the bus on the mm. way to the next hotel. Mm. 
or as I said, at the finish line. Mm. Um, and I do that every day and I give that to the bus driver in the morning. Mm. He puts it in the fridge mm. and these buses are like, you know, state of the art. Yeah, They've yeah, got yeah. amazing fridges, microwaves, rice cookers, everything they need. Coffee machines. Coffee machines. Yeah. 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 Sound systems, dodgy European music. <laughs> yeah. It's got it all. <laughs> um, so yeah, so they'll get the bus food and then their transfer will, after the race, they'll come to the hotel and still, they'll arrive at the hotel at five, six, sort of six, seven p.m. sometimes. Yeah. And it'll typically be two hours after they arrive until dinner time. Mm. So dinner is never before 8.30, yeah. 9 o'clock. Yeah. Um, very rarely. I mean, that's when you're talking it's about sort of recovery, day. that seems so late. Yeah. But I suppose they're eating throughout the day. It's, you know, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, because they'll they'll wake up there. They'll have that meal two to four hours, like breakfast. Two, you know, it's typically two to four hours before the mm. race. Mm. They'll they'll get on the bus. They'll snack snack on some bits mm. um, before it even starts, like mm. bits of brioche or a rice cake or whatever. Mm. Then they'll race. Obviously, they'll eat throughout the race. Mm. They'll finish. They'll have that cherry juice, that recovery shake. They'll have that meal, the bus meal. They'll probably potentially have another couple of snacks on there. Mm. Come back. They'll snack whilst they're going to there. Yeah, massage and so on and afterwards and they'll have dinner and then some of them may snack again after dinner mm, yeah. so they're, they're they're continuously eating through the day really. yeah and then you clean up clean up go again the next day yeah and i i quickly found out the way to work is smart and smart and hard not not mm. smart not hard mm. but the hotels it's quite interesting but the hotels are all booked by the race organizer so mm. it's not the team who book okay, the hotels yeah, sure and so it's luck of the draw who you get which team sometimes we're on our own sometimes we share with four teams mm. five teams mm. two teams yeah. the hotel staff are generally very helpful yeah and they're very honored to have yeah. a team stay that makes there. sense yeah, yeah so they will actually help me a lot yeah, and i yeah. use them to help me clear up yeah. because i one person i just don't have the energy to yeah, of course and the time on my feet to it's a long it's a long day you use a lot of their kit don't you so yeah i use a lot of their kit and i use a lot just of give it back to them to watch. I, I, some days i will cook in their kitchen in the hotel how many teams have one chef you probably know that better than me um yeah most most teams have one and a helper basically. okay fine um interesting yeah most of them have that helper on top yeah okay fine which is essentially if i'm at a race I'll help if I can, mm. but it depends on the day. Yeah. Um, but then some teams need someone else because they've got such a big vehicle. Yeah, uh, Having a small three and a half ton vehicle means you can drive and set up in half an hour. It, it takes Team yeah, Scar, sure, Team Ineos, sure, sure. an hour to set up the truck and yeah. put all I mean, the stabilizers on and all of that. I mean, I, some of the teams have, you know, dining trucks as well. Yeah. They have like a dining room, which is quite nice. Yeah. Ineos and Bahrain do. Yeah, yeah, really. I think it was Bahrain. I yeah, saw. they do. Yeah, Bahrain's um, massive. And then do you allow the guys to drink? Um, I mean, I don't not allow them. I, I'm not... Yeah, I get asked if they can drink. Yeah. Um, I've, I've seen last year, I think it was a Vuelta, and a couple of... I was on the, the staff table, the directors, the director sportifs, and they were like... They were just like... We were all chatting, and they were like... Oh, some of the some of the boys are having beers, and I think it was a regular day, or it yeah. was on the rest day, which means there's a re, uh, a stage the next day or something. Mm. It was definitely not a day where you'd be like, oh yeah, they can have yeah, a drink. Yeah, okay, yeah. 
But then, I mean, you can answer the nutritional. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a quick photo to Will. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get people dubbed in. Yeah. There's obviously champagne when you win. Yeah, yeah, champagne course, goes yeah, yeah. round. And yeah, yeah. They drink that. Yeah, and we drink it. The yeah, staff yeah. drink it. Everyone yeah, yeah. drinks it. It's That's great. Nice. Yeah. Um, in terms of alcohol, uh, the guys are pretty much uh, if they want what they're allowed one. Um, on the last stage before the rest day. Okay, fine. That's also typically where Owen gets a bit more flex, like increased levels of flexibility in terms of the food provided. Typically, in like adding red meat, more fibrous foods, mm. things like this. On the day before the rest day. Uh, this no. literally the stage finishing to okay, go in fine. for the rest day. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So the, the the day they yeah. the day they are digesting, they're not. Yeah, fine. Racing. They're not racing. And so, will you get requests? Yeah. 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 Usually hamburgers burgers. yeah <laughs> yeah really yeah, yeah. just burgers. some like just some proper food it's usually red meat yeah, yeah. yeah but then also I'm, I'm i do a nice hamburger yeah sure make it yeah yeah or steaks but, get some really nice meat yeah yeah but like i think you're, you're underselling some of the 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 food you do as well like the bus food he's talking about just being plain rice and stuff like this it has a great way of adding twists and light fragrance and flavor mm. to a something without being overpowering because yeah. the guys don't want it overpowering they just don't want it too strong yeah mm. but like you add this like kind of ginger or different fusion flavors to the rice mm. to the food mm. to make it still taste really enjoyable yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. If, but fresh if you're that, if you're serving a, a serving plate of a kilo of rice every yeah, evening yeah. you've got to flex it you know and yeah but then you don't want to make it unappetizing and, and then not yeah, and at least it's that sort of one moment that you're giving to them an experience as opposed yeah. to just another routine in the day. Yeah, and and I will often, I mean, the reason I didn't go into restaurant cooking, or I did go in and came out of it, was because I want to interact with the customer yeah. and I'm and I interested in the final product. Yeah. And so I often do ask them, I'm saying, how's the food and do you want anything different? And You sit down with them sometimes. I do sit down with them and... Yeah. They often don't say any requests, really. Yeah. Again, because I think they're just, they're above that. Yeah. They're, they're kind of, I don't need to deal with that. You yeah. know, if, if something's wrong, they'll tell me, but yeah. I haven't really had Yeah, of course. It's interesting because, I mean, they their expectations are that they don't have to, all they're there to do is ride and they don't want any distractions. They don't yeah. want any kind of negatives that's going to impact on doing, yeah. allowing them to do what they're supposed to do. Mm. Um, and at the end of the day, it's quite simple food. Yeah. Where I'm not doing anything that complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah. it's any, any good home cook could do it really. Yeah. It's, it's more of a logistical challenge, the job. Do, do they, I mean, maybe this is, I don't know. I mean, obviously they're there to do a job, but do they show interest in what you do, how you do it? Do, do, in, in your line, do they, are some of them relying on other people to do their cooking? Do they like cooking? Like as in... Yeah, yeah, I do get questions. Yeah, that's um, interesting. Often around some of the stuff I do in the off season, so a yeah. lot of about bread and okay, yeah, cool. Like Michael, banana bread, yeah, banana bread, banana bread, yeah, or yeah. sourdough as well. And yeah, like yeah. Michael Valgren yeah, is really into nice. kombucha, okay, okay, and sourdough. Fine. He's been sending me stuff. God, um, what a hipster! Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so he he said in Shoreditch he, as well. Isn't yeah, he? <laughs> he said he tried it in lockdown, like, like yeah. most of us. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's hilarious. They're really, yeah, they're generally pretty receptive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I, I've personally got one other question, and then mm. it's really cool. 
we we put it out on social media we put it in a few of our whatsapp groups and this is without doubt the best sort of response we've had we've got loads of awesome. questions i so hopefully cool. be able to get through some of them yeah jamie has taken the uh time to uh color code them oh, nice. i like it so um but uh yeah i mean I, I suppose the the interesting you know sort of bit i have like obviously majority of people listening and kind of the way that we approach sort of cycling is after like a long day on the bike or after like an intense period there's that or if you're racing you get to sort of the end of the season you can kind of just switch off a bit you can have a couple of beers you can kind of not worry about nutrition is that a battle that you face with pros or and or as in are there does does there come a point where you have to be the strict teacher to be like i'm glad you've had a good time but stop dicking around. It's pretty much January. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I never have to be that. To yeah, be honest. sure. Like you know, I work with the guys over November, December, and you know, I look at their food diaries and things. If yeah. they, if they are doing that for yeah. me at that time, some of them do, some of them don't. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there are beers in there. Yeah. There are you know festive foods and, yeah, and yeah. things like as there should be because yeah. yeah, it's important for them to to have a break mentally and also mm. not to over worry. There's so much. There is a lot of disordered eating, uh, both amateur yeah. and within probably within the peloton. Yeah. And it's a really conscious effort that I try and make to not get them worried about yeah. their food, yeah, yeah, yeah. to not over obsess yeah. about certain mm -hmm. items, mm -hmm. to just, it, you know, it's fine. Ha have that thing. Yeah. It, it's about making it work, the big picture. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's the big picture, really. Yeah. Like, are they healthy? Mm -hmm. Are they performing well? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and get, turning up to races in the right condition. Yeah. And you can do that having certain foods and certain items. I mean, in like most things in life, it's, it's a question of balance, really. Yeah. And you need to balance that mental fatigue of mm. being strict with yourself, mm. but also mm. allowing yourself the things you enjoy yeah. in life. Life's too short yeah, not yeah. to, yeah. even for a professional sportsman, yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, the uh, there's a, a, a really great book that I I've taken a lot from this year, and it, it talks about, you know, it's going through this whole sort of nutritional thing, and it talks about alcohol. And it's and you know they said well, if you're sat there kind of like stressing and missing out on like a really nice dinner with friends and you're choosing not to have that kind of like gin and tonic because you want to be you know you're kind of putting yourself under this pressure not to, mm. like don't worry about it. The stress hormones yeah, yeah, might exactly. counterbalance. Exactly, the there's that the, yeah. the, what you get from enjoying. And of course, and exactly as you say, everything's in balance. Mm. But I suppose from your standpoint, I mean, you know, also these people, are, you know, as I'm saying this, I'm forgetting these people are professionals. And if they show up to a race mm. out of shape and not putting in the time, they won't have a contract. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they're getting results still. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, fair play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then you're just like, where's the science? Like, yeah. what's yeah. happening like, here? Cipollini was famous for like, you know, smoking and kind of doing all, yeah. all, all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of the guys I, I, you know, I went to the camp in January. We had a camp in Girona, uh, you know, do skin folds, chat to the guys, etc. Um, a lot of the guys are coming in one to two kilos above where you'd say like peak race weight would be. Yeah. I mean, and that's it, not a lot. It's not, yeah. you know, um, and one to two kilos you can lose, you know, between that, that camp mid January to the first race in February, if that's where, where they need to be for yeah. that race. Yeah. Obviously they're really cold races. Um, they're not too like too much elevation in them. Mm. So um, there is some flex there between certain riders as well. So when you say cold races, is that as they're out in the cold, they're going to be consuming more calories. Is that what you're saying? Or no, that like, you know, if they're super, super lean, like Tour de France lean, yeah. you know, they're going to feel that cold yeah, okay, significantly yeah, okay. more. Yeah, um, that's interesting. 
All right. So let's get to some of these questions. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a really nice balance here of questions about Pro Peloton and then also just questions about what should I be eating? So yeah, we'll, cool. uh, we'll we'll get through some of this. Nice. Um, yeah. But I mean, but, I mean, before we wrap things up, massive thanks, guys. It, this, I like, this, is a, this has definitely been a personal favorite of mine. Mm. Um, yeah, I've, I feel like I've learned loads. Um, but anyway, we'll get to these questions. So from yeah. our very own Danny, who's, is he in Australia yet? He's currently He's in Australia. Currently in Australia. Um, how much rice do you get through in a Grand Tour? Um, <laughs> kilo a day at least no probably two kilos a day and that's not even the rice cakes the, the Swanias make <laughs> oh, the, the rice cakes make, yeah. so it must be three or four kilos a day times 21 60 kilos maybe wow. I'll try and add it up this year yeah you could, you could do that <laughs> instead of the egg count. I don't know how many grains I'm just you know how many <laughs> eggs you go through in a grand tour oh yeah the, the, yeah, uh, the, fam- the famous egg counter yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the famous egg count yeah know? that's like what was it like 600 odd 700 something like that. God. God, I love eggs <laughs> yeah. um, so the, a few of these I mean to be honest looking through these a few of these questions we've covered yeah um, so I'll just kind of like skim through some of them sure. uh, weirdest food request from a rider oh that's probably for you mate huh yeah um, it probably is for me uh, oh it's tough actually I can't think of anything that strange um Cheesecake. Someone wanted cheesecake on the rest days. So. Oh no! What about you? Get crostata. You have to. Cook yeah, it, Alberto uh, really wanted uh, like an Italian style crostata, made just like his nonna. So okay. he, he sent his mum's recipe to me. <laughs> oh, so. that's really nice. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And then his mum and girlfriend turned up a week later with with two, two yeah. Oh, Amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's really instructing fun. Instructing you how to do it. We yeah, had exactly. complaints. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was great. Um, Okay, so, I mean, we've sort of covered this, but it's an interesting one. Are, are riders weighing their food these days or focusing more on the quality of nutrition? And then uh, how knife-edge is the weight loss? Uh, it's a mixture. So I, the, a big focus for me this season has been working with a lot of the riders to do food diaries for two to four weeks okay. where I get them to weigh, track their food. Yeah. But that's for them to, I mentioned earlier, that context to get yeah. that understanding yeah, yeah. of food, to review it in yeah. relation to their training, yeah. Yeah. give them that guidance, yeah. that knowledge and understanding yeah. about, okay, like this is where you need to make some ch- mm. changes. Mm. We leave it there. Mm. Uh, um, and then I'm going to come back to that later on this season yeah. where obviously there'll be a point in, it, in the season for most riders where they'll have a bit of a break. That break may only be like two weeks. Yeah, sure, but like sure, sure, sure. I'll come back to it then. Yeah. We'll review it again and yeah. see if there's made changes. That understanding piece, I think, is amazing because, you you know, again, you know, there's just the assumption that you make that sort of they know, you know, because that's their job. But actually, like this, you know, some of them don't know. And, and some actually, of them are young, though. And for you, exactly. And, and for you to kind of say, actually, my goal is to really give them the understanding so that they can make the best choices. That is that's so refreshing. Like That's really amazing to hear. Mm. I was mm. expecting it was I tell them to do this and they eat that and, you know. Uh, yeah, no, no plate service here. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, are finish line bottles still a thing? Yeah, yeah. very much yeah. so. Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Kind of covered that. Um, all right. So, yeah, we've come that one. Sorry, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, we've got one from Franco. God, he's been uh, putting in a lot of questions recently. So, um, he's doing the Mallorca 312. What oh, should nice. he be? What should he be eating in the week leading up to, or any other ultra style event? And should protein be a part of his race nutrition no. uh, during these longer type rides and events? No, 
No to protein. No, I mean, if it's a one day event, no. Yeah. Like even two days, no, not really. Um, for, for an ultra endurance event like that, uh, he just needs to make sure he's got like the, enough calories in. Yeah. Uh, for three one two, which is happening <coughs> what in April? No, it's <coughs> end of March. It's end, end, end of, of March. March yeah, so, yeah, yeah, not too far away then. So, mm. um, he's been practicing his race nutrition without a doubt for eight weeks before that. So he should start now. Okay. Uh, every week, twice a week, doing yeah. his race nutrition as much as he can yeah. uh, for whatever sessions he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's only once a week, because obviously what maybe works, probably works. Yeah. Um, on a weekend, you know, doing that on the weekend. And, um, and probably not change his normal diet that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Don't flex it too much. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, keep, keep with the foods he knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, You can easily throw a span in the works, suddenly yeah. going like, oh, carb load, I'm going to have ice cream. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like yeah. shit himself <laughs> the next day. That's like... That's, Learn to love rice. That, that's one of the things that like, whenever we go away for trips, that's like the best thing about going away is the, just that understanding, well, I can just eat a shitload and yeah. I'll be absolutely fine. But you're kind of, your body's like, oh, give me a break. Please. Yeah. Um, and the carb load, like the week leading off, he literally, you can do a carb load in one day, uh, aiming for around 10 grams per kilogram body weight of carbohydrate. Yeah. So that's it's a good day. Uh, no question. Um, but one statement from our very own Chris Hall. Two legends. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Um, there's a few. I'm going to read this one from Bruno. There's a few uh, questions that are sort of like this. So I'll, uh, hopefully for anybody um, that's kind of put in something. Sure. Uh, thing is for nutrition for a hard, hilly, two-hour road ride. Just carb mix and bottle sufficient. Sure. Yeah, for two hours. Yeah. That's the sort of riding I do in Somerset. Yeah. You're not really into kind of a protocol. Yeah, I mean, sort of a sachet. Of I mean, there'd the be sachets each. Are you wanting like specifics, like what it would be, or like. I mean, I suppose it comes. Actually, maybe there's a, there's a lead on question that I've got from this. So, obviously, you're trying to get these guys in when they're racing to yeah. eat. Yeah. So. And you hear it on, you see it in the documentaries or the YouTube behind the scenes things. You, you've got the guys telling him, guys, don't forget to eat. Don't forget to drink water. Yeah. I mean, obviously with the trying to sort of avoid the dreaded bonk. Um, but I mean, y- you know, is there also a case of when they're hungry as in listening to their bodies as yeah. in to be like, well, actually, I'm, I'm not going to eat. I don't need it. Mm. Or is it always, no, just keep eating. Uh, I think they probably know they're going to be in a deficit, so they probably know to keep eating. Keep eating, but yeah, then sure. it depends on the stage of the race. Yeah. And, and touching back on what they put in the musettes, yeah. they will put all the all the nutritional branded bars mm. and gels in. Yeah. But they will also put, you know, they'll go and buy one of those banana breads, yeah. or like a saurine, mm. and they'll chop that into squares and put that yeah. in there. You'll see at the beginning of races villages often will have plates of cake and the mm. riders will take it out when they're going through the neutral zone. Love it. There's, you know... Just like Jira. Little brioches. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly, yeah. yeah. Little brioches um, of ham, yeah. jam, you know, Yeah, a real food in the musette, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, standards will be will be rice cakes and bananas. Yeah. Um, as we said, rice cakes, we... Um, I gave like the requirements I wanted it to be. Mm. Owen developed the rest, like how that fits together, yeah. essentially to be a good rice cake. And then that's what this one is yeah. now, now gotcha. deliver. Um, but uh, I mean, you know, two hour hard road ride. 
Just eat if you're hungry. Um, yeah, you could get away not eating, really. Yeah, get away not eating. They'll be fine with uh, the carb drink in the bottles. Yeah. I'd say for them, it's also pretty important, though, to make sure you're starting that really hard two-hour session in the right status. If you start that ride in a low, like, depleted state, yeah. they're probably still going to struggle. Um, so just make sure that maybe having something beforehand and hydrating beforehand as well, make sure you don't go into it uh, dehydrated. Yeah, interesting. I, I suppose that comes back to the bit I was saying earlier on about some of that these kind of, like, big sort of nutrition brands. Is I, I think there's, and we see all the time in the cafe, we see, you know, people with this kind of false understanding of, well, I have to eat X amount of, you know, gels per hour. And it's like, well, you probably don't. Mm. But again, if you're happy doing it, whatever. But you, the reality is you probably don't need to be eating as much as you are. Mm. Uh, and then you're coming in a big... Uh, yeah, yeah. The, I think there's a, this big uh, maybe misunderstanding and then the, the avid, ambitious amateur yeah. who sees what, pros do like that you know it, from, from many aspects from whether it's 90 to 120 grams an hour which i said to you earlier that what the riders have in a race which is a lot and it also snapshot of chris froome's uh meal yeah. for the giro where he's or, or a big like six hour train ride and all he's had is avocado and eggs yeah and people are like oh that's oh, what it's keto mm. yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and it's like well that's a snapshot in his day yeah, 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 yeah. um for also who someone who is within the one percentile of the yeah. world Yes, exactly. That's the thing. I mean, we, you know, mm. your guy's job is dealing with these guys who are at the pinnacle, at mm. the peak of their of their sort of, you know, exertion, so to speak. Yeah. It's not a little coffee ride for them. This is, they've been training for months for that day or yeah. for that sort That's of stage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really interesting. Um, Owen, have you ever made butter pie for Hugh Carthy? A Preston delicacy. <laughs> I think I know who that Will, came does, from. Does that get the nutritionist approval? <laughs> I haven't made butter pie yet. No. I don't even know what butter pie is. <laughs> like lardy cake, maybe? Something. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. Butter and I'll, pastry, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the French do it pretty well. <laughs> okay, interesting. Um, so th there's a few that kind of like we've gone over here. Uh, nutrition cooking advice to get over. <laughs> Nutrition cooking advice to get over a hangover and out riding. Probably not a huge issue in the EF camp. Right. Huh? Yeah, it's cooking, mate. What's that? Cooking advice to get over a hangover and go out riding. <laughs> what, to, what to eat in the morning or to... I, I'm guessing. Oh, is that butter oh, that's pie? That's the butter pie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that literally just butter in, wrapped in pastry? Oh, right. Wow. Cooking advice, I'd say probably keep it liquids, really keep it <laughs> like coffee and I, I bottles. I'd put some vitamin C in there. Probably. Yeah, vitamin C. Yeah. Learn to uh, love rice. And a <laughs> rice, <laughs> rice is absorbent, you know. Learn to love rice. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So the, again, there's a, there's a few more of this type of question. So I will, uh, I will sort of like... Um, early morning workouts, uh, what time... Oh, early morning workouts without time to drive, digest breakfast. Yeah. Are there ways to quickly and efficiently fuel beforehand? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I think overnight oats and then yeah. just blend them. Okay, and then you're you're sort of partially digesting them a little bit. That's interesting. Um, yeah, it will speed up. Uh, it's like 
if you mash a potato, you increase the glycemic index of it because you're already partially breaking it down. Right. Uh, yeah. Mash potatoes. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, if it, I mean, think about the type of session. If it's an easy session, they don't actually need anything. Yeah. Um, that's purely preference. If they're going out for hard chain gang kind of thing where they're going to work really hard really early in the morning, just getting up, having a glass of juice and a slice of toast with jam will also be super quick, yeah. uh, straight into the system. That'll be peaking in their blood about 15 minutes afterwards. Yeah. If they're riding when that happens, that'll be fine because obviously blood glucose will be rising. Yeah, sure, They'll sure, be sure. doing exercise, so then it'll be transported into the muscle yeah. to utilize. It won't yeah. be just spiking blood sugar randomly somewhere. Very interesting. Um, what's the best? I mean, again, these are, you know, these are pretty, you know, a lot of them is what should I be eating? But mm. so uh, apologies. Uh, what's the best thing for fueling uh, in rides over 100 miles? Oh, I mean, I mean, I'd like to take, hear your take on that for <laughs> your beast lap of Spain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it depends if you're doing a one day 100 miler or you're doing several, but yeah, I mean, oats is a great start. Mm. You can't go wrong with oats rice? to start. You can eat rice, but I, I'm not sure many amateurs eat rice in the morning. Rice pudding actually is a lovely breakfast if you don't fancy porridge or overnight oats. Yeah. Rice pudding, coconut milk. 100%. I think rice pudding is actually a decent option. Was it for the breakfast? It was just uh, just fueling for 100 miles, rides over 100 miles. Yeah, and just eat a couple of things every hour, really. Yeah. Minimum requirement, I'd say, is at least 60 grams an hour in yeah. terms of carbohydrate during that ride. I mean, I'd that is a lot. Yeah. Um, Two bars, three bars, three small ones. Yeah. An hour, yeah. Over an hour. I mean, that well, just seems it, like it a does huge amount. Like and, and often, like, we're all quite good cyclists and quite fit. It, you don't feel like you need it, really. Yeah. But maybe then you'd consume them later in the day. You know, sort of binge suppose, you get home. I mean, you know, so today I, w I was able to get out for like a short ride, hour and a half, didn't have any food. I had a, a little sort of like a... a electrolytes carb drink that um i'm sort of trying at the minute 20 grams of carbs and you know yeah i felt fine you know i knew it was a sh it's a short ride it's an hour and 40 40 minutes or so but if i suppose if i didn't have anything is the question is are you going to pay for that later on yeah yeah um as in if you're not kind of doing 60 grams we're trying to make it as sciencey as possible as concisely as possible yeah uh but still manageable so Glycogen stores at a typical zone two pace, if you know what your zone two is, is going to run out at around 90 minutes. Okay. All right. If you're a very well-trained rider, you've been riding for 20 years, chances are you're going to be pretty efficient. You're going to utilize fat reasonably well. If you're a very inefficient new rider, chances are you're going to be super, obviously, inefficient. Yeah. And you're going to require more carbohydrate to manage yeah whatever riding you're doing. Interesting. So if you're tr like training for the ride 100 and it's your, this is your first thing, that 100 miles like you're gonna be your goal, mm. then you need to be feeling significantly more, aiming for minimum 60 grams of carbohydrate mm. per hour. I'll be taking that from about 45 minutes into the ride mm. and that's gonna help maintain blood glucose through the whole ride and they can also improve their recovery afterwards if you are gonna do multiple days mm. or it will also for someone who's doing 100 miles, there's still going to be an immunosuppression effect of that. The grandeur of it will be defined yeah, about sure. how well trained they are. Mm. So maintaining higher carbohydrate amounts mm. per hour will also improve recovery mm. and reduce risk or incidence of illness afterwards. And I suppose there's no, there's no great damage if you're consuming too much. No. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sandwich. You can, I mean, if it's not for a race, you can easily make those options, easily digesting great choices, whether that's saurine, whether that's like rice mm. cakes, whether mm. that's homemade bars, banana bread, recipe jam that Owen's done, jam we, uh, sandwich. We, we, did a, we had a ride uh, uh, oh, a few years ago now. One of the guys brings out a burrito. <laughs> he made a burrito, wraps it up, and just pulls out. It was, it was amazing. It was like... Fair play, mate. Like, yeah, that's, you can get that's, it down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, keep it down. <laughs> yeah, what? We were, we were stopped having. We stopped fixing a puncture, and he just crack on. Oh, Tom Collins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The first time he joined one of our rides, this is God. This is years ago. This is like 2014 or something. And he was he he came rode down from London. The guys were leaving then and there. He goes, oh, can I just quickly have some toast with jam? I was like, yeah. So he quickly made it for him, and he literally just grabbed it off the plate and straight in his back pocket it was like right you've got jam all over your clothes but you know whatever it, it worked it worked for him um all right so um uh question from tim how good is beer for recovery yeah yeah <laughs> mentally very good yeah <laughs> psychologically I'll, yeah we'll take it move on uh, <laughs> i mean the alcohol-free one they say about being you know isotonic uh, yeah. But it's alcohol free. So yeah. technically, is it a beer? Yeah. Nah. Free, I mean, 0 0.01 or something. Yeah, again, yeah. Like, end of a ride. You, you know, we, we have a thing that we do in the summer called the Druids. I say we're, I'm about to sort of say the biggest ride, but let's face it, some of these guys have a ride after 40K. Um, but just that feeling of, you know, camaraderie and everyone has yeah, a beer yeah. afterwards. Yeah, like, sure. Yeah, why yeah. not? Yeah. Um, but it's not really the best thing to be consuming. I no, it's, it, it's going to um, reduce suppress muscle protein synthesis which is the stimulation that you want to have by having sufficient protein yeah which is that adaption recovery process gotcha so alcohol will do that hope, hope, hope you're listening jay but, we need to make some changes but it will make you forget all the facts amazing um really good question here from jackie um thoughts on fasting uh what are the effects and are there any benefits does it have dangers and is there a risk of ending up uh, ketotonic it's a, it's a really good question. It's, I mean, it's still spoken about a lot. Um, there's a lot of caveats that come with fasted training. So um, first, if you're doing fasted training to try and drop fat, then that's a fallacy because ultimately, if you have two identical days, identical people, everything's identical, and you go for a ride, you burn a thousand calories, and you go for another, um, and then the other day that's identical, it's a thousand calories as well. One of them is fed, one of them is fasted. Both of them, you've burned exactly the same amount of calories. So it's impossible to suggest you're going to burn more fat in one than the other because you've only burned the same amount of 1,000 calories. Yeah. So if you're doing fasted training to burn fat and you have identical situations, it's not going to make any difference. And yeah. even if they're non-identical, um, essentially, it won't make a difference to yeah. burning more fat. Um, if you're doing it to try and get fitter quicker, there is you know some great research about increases of the ability to create aerobic cells um, after fasted training if you finish in a glycogen depleted state, which okay. is the important part. Okay. So if you have had, um, if you're not depleted, it probably needs to be at least 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, that has been hypothesized, but there's no papers currently showing over a long period of time yeah. that that will actually improve performance. Yeah. Um, and actually the guy who brought that, uh, that pioneered that, it was a nutritionist for Bike Exchange, and I, I had a good chat with him at the top of a mountain in the, the tour. I mean, are there um, any riders that are that are fasting? Um, your riders will do fasted rides. Yeah, I, I definitely um, in training. Yeah, in, in training. training. Okay, yeah, in yeah, training. Fine. So, like, 
um, you will improve your ability to oxidize fat at higher heart rates. That will definitely happen. So fat adaption, I guess. Yeah. But you only need to do it one to two times a week on endurance-based rides. Okay. High-intensity rides, you always need to feed yeah, sure, and sure, fuel sure, yourself sure. for them. And then she... Is it she, right? Yeah, Jackie. Um She also asked about, are there any risks? Uh, if and you do, is there a risk of ending up ketotonic? Um, you won't go into ketogenic state, no. Not from one like fasted ride or anything yeah. that it needs to be uh consistent over a period of time mm. uh to be also needs to be low carb day yeah um overall um so that's getting your body quote unquote fat adapted so yeah you're you are going to improve your your ability to burn fat at yeah. a, a higher heart rate yeah. there's like a zone two heart rate yeah. will increase um but once again if you're a super inefficient rider just focus on getting good at riding yeah. and eating yeah, um, yeah, yeah. on the bike you want to enjoy your bike ride right i think that's it that's that's it. That's for 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 me, and you know, kind of for what we try and sort of communicate here from the 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 the, the stories. Like, if you're if you really get a lot out of having the fastest bike, and you know, kind of being so strict on yourself, and if that really makes you happy, then great. Mm. But if you're doing that at the detriment of going out and enjoying your ride, and that could be racing, or it could just be a social ride with friends. If you're yeah. doing that and you're not enjoying it because of these restrictions you're placing on yourself, then just stop. Mm. Just kind of make the most of going out and riding. As you say, ride more, you'll get better. Yeah, you will. You will get better. It's mm. just time on the bike, and, and yeah, you're going to improve. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, and and the, um, the negatives potentially is that um, you will suppress your immune system yeah. uh, for, to a higher level if you yeah. do low-carb training really or fasting training. So. All right, well, uh, we'll start to wrap things up. Just probably one or two more questions. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, something we covered. We've got a, a question here from Chris Pavan. Um, how many calories are in a post-ride meal for the guys? I'd say five, six to 800-ish. Yeah. It's probably about 300 grams of rice, which is about 100 grams of carbs. And then uh, like a large fillet of chicken or something like a 20 to 30 gram portion of protein and a sort of 90 to 100 gram portion of carbs mm. what 600 700 calories or something it's about 600 calories yeah yeah so protein shake as well as a couple 300 or so yeah question here from pete clifton is sugar my friend or foe uh, for endurance ride yeah completely um friend yeah completely friend great yeah. <laughs> Good. That's that's what we'd like to hear. L yeah. Love a bit of sugar. <laughs> also, uh, learn to love rice. Yeah, burrito. Who is it? Chris McGovern. Chris McGovern's yeah. probably going to break out like just like a pot, like a little like steam thing of like co Oreo, coconut jasmine, rice or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sushi, yeah, any yeah. rice. It's love all it. good. Love it. Love it. Love it. I love the bit of marzipan on the bike. I have to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I used to do ready roll icing. I, I'm into like can't get on with that. I, I know you don't like. If it was, it was good in winter when it's, it's cold, the, like probably the best thing that I ever had when we rode to Paris, we stopped at like a the station like a like a petrol station. There wasn't a lot, and I just I felt like something fresh. I just wasn't up for like a bar or sweets or anything. So I got this punnet of cherry tomatoes. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it was nice. great. It just this little kind of like little, like sort of like fresh little pop in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. Like every, every few cases. Hey, great. don't forget the the humble banana as well. Oh, banana. Banana, this comes it comes in its own wrapper. Biodegradable. Biodegradable. Yep. Very easy. Amen. 
Cheap. Have you seen there's some, uh, I, 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 what was I listening to? There's some people that are making like pulled pork, quote unquote pork. Oh, with bananas. Of banana peels. Oh, banana peel. I've seen Which bacon. Is, surely it's toxic, no? Anyway. I've seen like know. fake bacon uh, banana peels, which is quite cool. That's crazy. All right, one final question. I'm not sure what this is, but hopefully you do. From Match Kitos, um, L Carnitine for losing weight and boosting endurance in the base season. Yes or no? Uh, no. So uh, I think some of the research that came out with that, you needed to take the supplement alongside like 70 grams of carbohydrate every time you took it on. Okay. Um, it's yeah. It's not. There's not enough efficacy to yeah. say. Just being a calorie deficit, mate. All right. So. Yeah, calorie. De- yeah, exactly. How to lose weight? Calorie deficit. Real simple. Yeah. And learn to love rice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Look, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. Um, this has been a a, a a long one, but so I just I'm so grateful for your time. I think you know it'd be great to have you guys back maybe later in the year after you finish the season. Yeah, I'd love have to have a bit of a debrief. Um, yeah. Give you some stories of the peloton. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But I mean, I just think like the the certainly one of the takeaways I've taken from this is even though you guys are working at a high level, there is still this level of simplicity where it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, good food, make sure, you know, you know, they're, you know, fueling appropriately. Yeah. Carbs are your friend. That's it. Yeah. What more can you do? And all the best. I'd love to hear more about your doctorate and what you're doing. Cheers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Owen, Will, thank you so much. Appreciate it. All thank the best with this uh, this season. Mm. Shout out to the best dressed team in the peloton this year. 100%. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll get some big wins. I mean, that's yeah. the really exciting bit. When, yeah. When we get wins and what we get, I mean, that's what we're there for at the end of the day. Yeah. But yeah, thanks so much, Jordan. We'll, we'll be uh, we'll be rooting for you guys. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers.